<laughs> and if you didn't know, I'm glad you came anyway. Oh. Well, I'm kind of a child. I could probably preach this one, too. I try to keep it simple, for sure. This morning we're going to talk about love. For the last uh, two or three months um, at the uh, nursing home, uh, I've been preaching on love. I mean, it's just something that God's put on me and and has kept on me. And, you know, to be honest with you, I hope it continues for the next two or three months or the next year or the next two years because, you know, it, it helps... One, it helps me learn and helps me grow. But then, two, I mean, it's it's kind of easy. Uh, it's kind of easy to, to talk about love and, and how we should be and how we are and, and uh, you know, how God created us um, and the things that he put in us. But with that, you know, there's always the things that, you know, that God uh, touches us and, 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 you know, sometimes cuts us pretty deep in um, as well. So, I mean... As with everything, uh, you know, learning sometimes is easy and sometimes it's hard. Uh, sometimes it's quick. Uh, sometimes it takes years. Uh, for me, it has taken, uh, you know, a long time. I mean, uh, for the most part, I've been saved uh, about, um, going on about 13, 14 years now. Um, and so, you know, it was late for me. I mean, I was raised and grew up in church and, um, you know, knew a lot of things uh, you know, about the church as a whole, and, and of course, and witnessed a lot of things that was not right with the church, and then misunderstood even more things, um, you know, being, uh, you know, the state of mind that, that I was in. Um, so, you know, it's taken me uh, a long time to get to where I'm at, uh, but, you know, praise God that, that he loved me enough that, that he gave his son before I ever knew it. Before I ever knew anything about it, he gave his son. And that's pretty much for, for each and every one of us that he did what he did and effectively chose each and every one of us before we even realized it. Um, knowing, because he's all knowing, knowing that we were going to do the things that we were going to do, uh, knowing that we were going to get involved in the things that we were going to get involved in, Jesus still said, I'm going to give my life for you. You know, and it's and it's it's kind of, you know, just like we were, you know, praying and honoring a Christian and, and Peyton. So these guys have chose uh, a path to move in, and hopefully they'll make it a career. Uh, but they've chose a path, and their path is of serving. Uh, you know, just like at the nursing home, you know, it's filled with a bunch of faculty and, and nurses um, and, and folks there that they're serving. Now, granted, everybody gets paid. Um, but to stay in it, you have to have a passion. You have to have a desire to serve. You know, police officers. I mean, I know there's, there's good ones, bad ones, great ones, not so great ones. But to stay in it for a career, to move forward, you have to be in it to impact and to serve. I mean, that's what they are. That's what they do. Firemen, paramedics, all these folks has to have a passion, a desire, and a love for something other than themselves. So from the very beginning, Jesus has taught us that, that our, our role and, and our uh, characteristics should be uh, selfless. It should be all about loving someone other than ourselves. Right? I mean, uh, that's the attributes that Christ has put before us uh, in every step of, of the way of his life. First John 4, 9 through 11 says, And this love of God was manifested toward us. That's toward us. Talking about what he did, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Not through us, not through each other, not through the pastor, not through Victory Fellowship, not through First Baptist, United Methodist, but through Him. He sent His Son so that we might have life through Him. Period. No ands or buts about it. I mean, there's some very simplistic attributes in the Bible that God speaks of, and, 
And there's some very simple attributes that Christ uh, sacrificed and did for us. And that goes to be said, it's, it's never changing. It's uncompromisable. Um, it's always there, and it's ever true. So no matter what, at the very existence and being of why we're here today, why we're in this building today, why we took time out of our day to sacrifice this short amount of time that we sacrificed, it's because He loved us first. Therefore, it shouldn't be too hard for us to show our love for Him. It shouldn't. I mean, I know we've got technology now and it, and, uh, you know, there's things that has became easy. And, and praise God, we do. We can touch a lot of people in that aspect. Uh, and we can touch them easier and, and more of them than ever before. But it also makes us lazy. It also makes us impersonable. It also leaves a lot of room for misunderstanding. I mean, think about it in a, in a, in a week's time. If I'm going to sacrifice for God, what can I do? I mean, he has everything. I mean, as a group, we get up here every morning and we talk about, before we start our practice and our rehearsal and, and everything, we talk about the sacrifice that we make. I mean, and it's sad, but it is a sacrifice sometimes. I mean, how many of us wake up every morning ready to serve God? Thinking about what God has done for us. Thanking Him for everything that He has done and made possible in our lives. I try to. Some days I do pretty good. Some days it's halfway through the day before I ever even. But there again, I mean, it goes back to what God has done for us and, and what we are supposed to do in his sake. It says, God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Not through us, uh, not through Victory Fellowship, not through... Toyota, Nissan, Chrysler, um, Vision Wheel, NASA, but through Him. Through Him. In this love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So propitiation is just so He could uh, so He could atone for it. So He could make amends for our sins. So now... We have to understand that, you know, God has died. He sent His Son to die for everything. But now we have to be mindful because we're talking about love. And the only way we have to measure love is to look at ourselves in the mirror, to look at what we do in our interactions every day. The Bible tells us about godly love. It is possible and probable and very assuredly that we should have as Christians, the love of Christ in us. And how do we show that? We show it by loving one another. And we'll get a little bit deeper into just what entails that love, but we need to understand that first, God gave His only begotten Son. I mean, you can humanize it all you want, and the thought of me sending my Son to die for this nation is impossible for me to comprehend, and I would fail miserably in doing so. Because I wouldn't do it. Now, as a man today, uh, uh, in a walk with Christ, I would sin myself. But now that goes a little bit deeper into the love um, that God has for us. You know, how do we live a life of love? How do we uh, how do we wake up and decide what is what is our desire? What is our attitude? What is our direction that we're going to go today? What motivates us? What is our goal as a Christian? Is our goal as a Christian just to be saved and go to heaven? Is, or is there much more than that? Or is it much deeper than that? Because, see, Jesus didn't give his life for just me. He just didn't give his life for victory fellowship. He just didn't give his life for the folks in Faultful. He gave his life for every being in this world. Every being. So what do we do? We have to go out and be stewards of that love. We have to be known by that love. Period. I mean, if we call ourselves a Christian, then that love lives in us. If we accept that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and we are filled with the Holy Ghost, 
then at some point in our day, our week, our month, our year, we should exhort that love. I mean, somebody ought to know besides my wife and my kids that I am born again, that I am living for somebody other than myself. Right? I mean, and it's a tough life. I mean, and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that we can do this every day nonstop. We can, but not on our own. And so we're going to start talking about how do we do that. Well, you do it by the love you have for your Lord and Savior. I mean, I try to keep everything simple, and I try to look at what's going on around me. So about a year ago, I got on Facebook, you know, to follow the football scene. And I, I'll have to tell you, and that's the only reason I got on it, I, I've kind of stayed away from it and stayed away from social media altogether. Um, and I can tell you, I've been thoroughly um, disappointed with it. Um, you know, not, you know, all the friends, and, you know, I've got a, several of them, but, you know, all the posts that you see. Um, but as a whole, we do a bad job of communicating. Horrible job. Um, you know, just like we, I talked about, somebody other than my wife or my kids are to know that I'm a Christian or my family or to know that I'm a Christian. So I see all these posts on Facebook, and it's all, you know, talking about God and how He does this and uh, how uh, we need to be blessed and, and how he, he does this for us and, and how the next day is going to be better and share this and share that. And, and all of this is true. It really is. And I'm not saying, and I'm not calling anybody out, obviously, with any of this. And all of this is very true, that God does bless us. You know, He knows the plans He has for us, and it's the plans to prosper. He wants to take care of us. He wants us to be uh, successful. He wants us to plan things. He wants to give us our desires. He wants all of this. But what I'm alluding to is that love that we have for Christ. I mean, it's easy to text something. It's easy to, to post something. It's easy, but it's easy for it to be misunderstood. But then it's easy for to play more into it. So, you know, you, you meet some of these people and you're expecting something different than what, what, you, what you get. You're expecting that, hey, I've got a brother in Christ or I've got a sister in Christ. Um, but in person, they're not that. They're not that at all. I mean, and that's part of the issues that we've had uh, from the very beginning. I mean, it didn't just start, you know, in this in this decade, in this century. I mean, it's been since the beginning of the time is, is the church being the body of Christ and, and watching how everything has unfolded and all the different denominations and all the different factions and all the different beliefs and all the different... It just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. So we have to be mindful of, of all of that. First, uh, First John 4, 20 and 21 says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother who has seen, uh, how can he love God whom he has not seen? I mean, I know this, this stuff seems elementary. But, I mean, this is how we interact every day. This is the things that influences people. It's not necessarily, you know, a work or, or necessarily a deed, but it's our interactions with one another. I mean, whether if I'm talking to Troy and I'm not talking to y'all and y'all are paying attention just because, you know, we pay attention to what goes on around us and, you know, I claim to be something that I am or am not, uh, you have no idea. You're going to determine that based off my interactions with Troy. And the same thing likewise. I mean, we do watch and notice a lot of people. And, of course, and that alludes to the other part that it's not necessarily uh, we're watching for good because we're, we're usually looking to see and find the bad in somebody, are we not? And that all goes back to, to loving one another. So uh, how can you love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother. It don't say maybe. It don't say, hey, I love Bill because he comes to church with me. 
Um, it don't say that I love everybody that goes to Victory Fellowship, but I don't have anything to do with somebody at First Baptist. Or I love everybody in Faultful, but I don't like anybody in Harvest. I mean, that's the thing, so folks. What we do a lot of times and what I have done um, uh, most of my life is, is I love, but I love conditionally. So he says, love my brother. So, I mean, we can get real simplified and say, well, I've got to love Bradley. Bradley's not my only brother. I mean, we are not all from the same father. I mean, you know, we're raised up and we talk about, you know, uh, blood's thicker than water and yada, yada, and yada, yada. But but was it not the same blood that saved us all? So, I mean, even if you go back to that aspect, it's still about the blood. It's still about what Christ did. So my life should exhort and raise up and and exemplify some of those actions. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to go ahead and bring it out here and open because we compromise uh, different things and we justify uh, many things. So I want you to meditate on that, that God says we must love, that that if you love God, you say you love God and you're born again, Christian, you're saved, then you have to love your brother. But guess what? It also means it means you got to love your ex-wife. I mean, it's not. I mean, that's the one thing that that is running rampant in the church today is 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 we can't seem to live by God's word and by God's statutes. And if anybody don't know, I, I'm not calling nobody out. I'm talking about me. So I didn't know God. I, I, I mean, I, I knew him, but I didn't live by his statutes. But there's some things that happened in my life um, that, that I didn't have control of. I thought I did. God has, has done amazing works in my life uh, since then. But I have to love everybody. I can't pick and choose. Um, I can't love conditionally. You know, the Bible talks about loving our enemies. And we can go ahead and go there, uh, Matthew uh, 5 and 43 through 48. And I've read this uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and I'm still working on this. And, and I pray that, that we all work on this together because that's something that we need to understand about being born again and being a Christian. I can't choose who I love. I mean, I want you to think about it. Jesus didn't choose just the good ones. He didn't choose just the ones that live right. I mean, this church was not made just for the folk that got it together. I mean, it ain't. But now I'm also going to tell you that there's a count and there's a time of accountability. So whatever I do doesn't justify what you do. And, you know, I try and I teach my kids, and and hopefully they're getting some of it, and and according to the Bible they are, and I have faith and believe in that. But what I do has nothing to do with your relationship with God. I mean, we have to base everything we do on love. That's the only way we're going to get through anything in life that's the only way we've got through this last year is love so let's read about what jesus says about loving your enemies verse 43 says you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy all right now you could probably just leave there but that's there's more to it now we've all heard it a lot of us lived it yes yes it's still a struggle uh Daily, but it's getting easier. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Right? I mean, how many of us get used every day in some way, shape, or fashion? How many think that their employer uses them? We all do. How many thinks that their spouse controls? How many thinks that their 
their boyfriends or girlfriends controlling? How many thinks their parents are controlling? How many thinks that your kids are manipulating? There's truth in every bit of that. I mean, there is. I mean, if we get down to it, if we look in that mirror and we say, well, yeah, you know, I have manipulated my wife to do this. Or she has manipulated me to do this. I mean, how many of you ever say, well, if you'll do this, I'll do that? Right? I mean, how many of you ever tell our kids, hey, if you make these grades, I'm going to do this for you? <laughs> I said it. Thank God they hadn't done some of it. Because some of the stuff I told them I was going to do, whoo, Lord, it'd be, it'd be bad. I, mean, I told Luke if he made A's from uh, the ninth grade all the way through high school, I'd buy him a motorcycle. I don't have to do that. But I know that in its simplest form. I mean, and it is. It's funny. I mean, you know, and when I made the comment to Luke, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I mean, I have faith that he's going to do, uh, you know, well. Um, but I also know that, that there's a time in his life and there's things he goes through, just like I went through, that, that you know, makes it a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we do cut up and we do kid and we do talk about a lot of this stuff like this, but... Um, the truth of the matter is, is we do every bit of that. I mean, as a boss at work, I can tell you I have manipulated a lot of folks to get what I wanted done, done. My bosses have manipulated me. Hey, dude, if you will get this done, I will let you have next week off. I didn't realize, you know, at the time, but looking back at it, I'm like, well, dang, if they can do it in that amount of time. Why can't they do that every week? <laughs> but let me tell you, I mean, as a Christian, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, some of the stuff that aggravates us, like, well, you know, I just, I just use this against him. But God expects us to be this way every day, and we can be that way every day. You know, think about the effort that you put in to your relationship. I mean, because everything we have to do that we have to compare it with, other than the Bible, which we spend less time in the Bible, more time in, in watching everybody else and, and our personal experiences. But think about the amount of time and effort that you put in your relationship. Whether it's a wife, whether it's a husband, whether it's a mother, father, aunt, uncle, children. Children are real big, um, more so today than, than even when I grew up. Children are leading households. Children are, are dividing families. Is it their fault? No. You know why I couldn't divide mine? I tried. I mean, I did. I, I mean, I... Our kids are great compared to what I was growing up. I mean, I tried my best to divide everything. But you know what happened? My mother and my father stood together. They were uncompromising on things. They said no. Um, and part of loving sometimes is saying no. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Sons of our Father in heaven. So would that not make us joint heirs? Would that not make us brothers in Christ? Does the Bible not say that we can do the things that Christ did and even greater? We have to lock on and hold on to that. But I'm telling you, and we're working toward it, I'm telling you, without love, you will never be able to grasp it. Today, everybody's quit button is super fast. I mean, I had a discussion with Luke and, uh, and uh, you know, even Christian, but Christian not so much because he's a little more involved and a little more motivated in uh, this area. But he was talking about, you know, he's taking AP classes. He's like, well, I won't have these things. And, you know, whether I agree or disagree with that, I mean, the point is, is he started something and, and we're going to finish it. So 
they wanted out of it because it was kind of useless, you know, in his mind. But we started something. So we're going to finish something. God started something. He started something. He started a work in you. He's not finished with it. You know, if y'all would sit back and we could sit back together and realize that we have no end. That Christ is the beginning. Now granted, you know, the Bible says God is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and end, and God is. But think about it. Our end is really a beginning. We have no end. We have no end. So we be with our Father in heaven, for He makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain. Go too fast for you, Cody. On the just and on the unjust, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect. Therefore you shall be perfect. Therefore you shall be perfect. Just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Folks, that's the goal. Not mediocre. But if the Bible tells me I can be perfect, then is the Bible wrong? Is there something misinterpreted there? I mean, you know, James talks about, you know, that nobody's ever been perfect. And we wouldn't. Didn't even have an option. Didn't even have a way. The only way we can attain this is through love. So just as we're talking about how much effort we put in our lives every day, our relationships every day, do we put half of that into our relationship with God? Or do we treat God sometimes like we treat each other? Well, you know what? I don't like what you are saying right now. I don't like what you're doing. So what am I going to do? I'm going to divorce you. Is that not what we're going to do? Is that not what we've taught our kids? When it gets tough, we're going to run. When I don't want to be responsible for my responsibilities, what am I going to do? I'm going to run from it. And then we can't talk about it because everybody gets offended. Now, there again, I'm not an advocate for divorce. I've, I've lived through it. I've made a lot of wrong decisions, and, and I don't condemn anybody from it. But what we're seeing this day and time is two things. It's running even more rampant, and divorce is actually decreasing. But if you'll look and read and study about it, the reason it is because nobody's getting married. So now we're just shacking up. We're not making a commitment. Well, guess what? Our reflection... Out in the world is a reflection of our relationship personally with Christ. I mean, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. God says you should love your enemies. Love your neighbor as thyself. Love God above all things. So that's the example we're setting when we go out in the world. That's the example that we're wanting everybody to see. But what are they seeing? I mean, what are they saying? I mean, we can't do the simplest. As a church, and we, we, we have it very uh, lucky and very fortunate. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of drama and squabbles and, and things that goes on. And, um, and, I, and I'm grateful to that, for that. And I pray, and I know Pastor prays every day. But sometimes, you know, we have to disagree. Because the things we do are not right. Um. And I know it's it's tough, and, and pastors confronted me about several things that I was in the wrong about. And I know it was tough for him. It was tough for me to listen. But we've got to get back to that. We've got to understand um, that to love somebody, that means that you're going to do whatever you can to help them. I mean, and we can roll back to and we can humanize it. We can do the things uh, and look at our lives. So I ask you, parents, do you care for others as you care for your children? Do you love 
your Lord and Savior as you love your kids. I mean, how many times have you heard uh, parents say, well, you know, I give my life for my kids. Well, yeah, and you should. But you should for everybody. I mean, I mean, that's what is instilled in us. That is what, when we were forming in the womb, that was the, the statutes and the attributes that Christ was putting in us is to serve someone other than ourselves, to give our lives for someone other than ourselves. And it's not just about a physical life. It's about I'm going to give my life. I'm going to quit doing the things that I love to do that are not in line with God's Word. I'm going to quit saying the things that that don't line up with God's Word. I'm going to quit going places that don't line up with God's Word. I'm going to quit being the way that does not line up with God's Word. I mean, sometimes it is nice to fall back on what? God's Word. That's what it's put there for, for us to fall back, to quit making our excuses. My wife stays with me because God tells her she has to. Sometimes. But we have to have that foundation. We have to be rooted. There is no exceptions in love. None whatsoever. No exceptions. Well, you called me a bad word. Well, you poked a hole in my tire. Or you stole my favorite pair of shoes. Right now in my house, I can't find my clothes. I mean, they're disappearing. I got all these meat rockets that finally got big enough and, and stuff has disappeared. Um, or hey, you know, you said some things that, that, that hurt me. You did some things that hurt me. Love has no exceptions. No matter what my wife does to me, and more importantly, no matter what I do to her, that should not change the love of Christ that's in us. That should not make that light dimmer. I mean, because how many of you know if we turned all the lights off of and we got it as dark as it could possibly be in here, that it wouldn't take much for light to light up this room. So even when God's light is small, it's still big. So again, we have to understand that no matter what, God's Word is uh, never changing. There's no exceptions in God's Word and God's love. Love does not mean that you agree with someone's sin to say that everything is okay. Rather, it is, I want you to get a hold of this, rather it is to bear with them. Bear with them. That don't mean when you see them in Walmart, you take off running. Or you see, you see their number, you're like, oh, Lord, I don't want to talk to them. I mean, I, I promise you, in a ministry, as long as our pastor's been in, and, and a lot of pastors, you know, when you've been in a ministry, you know, 40-plus years, don't you think there's been times that when he's seen this, he's like, oh. But you know why he answered it? Because he has the love of Christ in him. He practices. He reads. He lives what the Bible says. And you know, thankfully for guys like me, there's still a handful of guys out there that is an example. That is an example to follow. And not just guys, but gals too. But my challenge and, and is, is what about the folks that might? What about the folks that's younger? What about these young men right here? Are y'all going to be the examples for the future to follow? Are you going to be the examples for your kids to follow? Do you want them to follow those examples? See, there's a lot of things that we discuss in my household. I hadn't been that example to follow. My son come home one day and goes, you know, Dad, the teachers and so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so said that... Uh, Man, I acted just like you. I said, son, that's not a compliment. 
And you know, and I did. I had some good attributes back then, but not a lot. But I don't want my son to follow in my footsteps. Just like my dad didn't want me to follow in his footsteps. He wanted me to be what? He wanted me to be better. I want my children to be better. I want them to have everything that that they want to have. But I want them to have that relationship with Christ. I want them to live that Christ life. I want them to know what love is. What true love is. What Jesus did and how he did it. That he was matter of fact in saying, I love you, but you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. But then he was matter of fact in saying, hey, you're right. Come to me. Follow me. Live by my statutes. Live by my example. And I fear that, that we're tending to move away from that. Rather, that is, that you bear with them to pray for them. Second thing, pray for them. Pray for them, not against them. See, I think we're confused sometimes about what our enemies are. You know, we say everybody's the world. The world's against us. Well, they are. But does it tell you not to pray for them? No, it just says just don't do the things they do. It says we're to be different. We're to be we're to be unique. We're to be peculiar. We're supposed to pray for the world. I mean, pray for the. <laughs> I didn't even say it. Um, but no, we're supposed to pray for our enemies. We're supposed to love them. Not tell them everything's okay, but pray for them. To want the very best for them. Love is an action in spite of how I feel. See, Christ takes all the personal out of it. I mean, he knew we would make excuses. He knew we would make compromise. He knew we would make justification in everything it was. I mean, we do it now. Well, you know, those dudes over there at so-and-so, they're kind of weird. They believe a little bit different. Um, They do things a little bit different. They go to church too much. They spend too much time at church. Lord, you know. But I want you to think about it. And, you know, and I see posts about it, and, and, and it's true. And I hear people talk about it, and, um, you know, uh, but you got to understand, really and truly, what do you have to give back to God? I mean, he's got your money. What you'll let have him have of it. And maybe part of the issues that you got with money is because you ain't letting God control your money. Reckon that might be it? I know it's been it for me. Many times, man, I look back at, uh, you know, that great path that the devil led me down because he knew it all and I was having fun, didn't want nobody to mess my fun up. I guarantee you I spent millions of dollars on the devil's toys. God don't tell you to do that. I ain't seen God say that a bar and Send you paycheck. I ain't seen here go buy an eight ball. I ain't telling. I ain't seen telling anybody to do that. It's kind of like I tell the kids, you know, the and uh, youth on Wednesday night. You know, we talk about you know responsibility, and you know sometimes parents don't understand. Sometimes you know, of course, kids don't understand, and, and sometimes parents don't understand. But we talk a lot about, you know, if you want some freedoms and you want responsibility, um, you want things to be easier in your life. Live by the statutes that God has before you. I mean, if nothing else, follow the Ten Commandments. So it's just like I asked my kids, have I ever grounded you because you love somebody too much? I mean, I don't think I've pulled a paddle out and beat nobody because they love too much. I mean, it's it's, it's this. I mean, you know, uh, have I ever whipped you or grounded you because you told the truth? I mean, we got some very, very uh, small concepts that, that God's asking us to deal with. Um, I said, all the statutes that God requires and wants from us, if y'all just followed them, nobody would ever get in trouble. 
But see, the devil's crafty. I mean, he makes everything he's got look fun. And he pulls us away. And it don't just happen with our kids. I mean, where do you think they learn it from? They learn it from us. Hey, we going to church today? Well, no, you know, my back's hurting, my leg's hurting, my big toe, we've got an ingrown toenail. Uh, ah, you ain't got to go all the time. And you don't. But what more can you give God? I mean, you know, the way I look at it is this is the very least that I can give to God. I mean, and don't take it the wrong way. I'm not saying it, that you can't ever go on vacation, you can't ever miss, you can't, you can't do all these things, but I'm telling you that you will be better for living by God's statutes. You will be better for being uncompromising. You will be better, better for unconditionally. Loving and doing as God instructs you. I mean, so the least I can do, the least I can do is come to church. I mean, I tell the kids all the time, they don't even ask anymore. I mean, we just we just go. I mean, that's just what we do. But and I see the the discontent sometimes in their in their faces and their eyes and and you know, and a lot of times as adults when we get to church we we uh We've got a lot of kids involved in a lot of things here. And sometimes I have to back up and I have to be mindful of how I look at them. You know, uh, because I'm serious about what I'm doing. And sometimes I'm too serious about what I'm doing. And then sometimes I take that seriousness out on them. And I look back and I think, you know, where was I at when I was that age? What was I doing? What was I thinking? You know, here we got kids that are that are up here singing. And I believe 90% of the time they're truly singing from their heart. They're truly trying to touch God. They're truly trying to impact someone's other someone else's life other than their own. That it's not about show because if you see how nervous they get, because I mean it is. It's tough up here. You see how nervous Cody gets? I mean, Lord, a year ago, I mean, he'd have 14 panic attacks if he hadn't used. He's going to have to be here this morning by himself. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I take that for granted. I bark at him and say, you can't mess up. You can't do this. You can't. But you know what? I mean, we're the same way. Are we fair-weather Christians sometimes? I mean, just like me and Mark was talking, and and I've watched it and talked about it a lot. You know, it seems like, when the chips start stacking against us um, is when we seem to disappear. And you know, and I alluded to before, you know, we don't have a whole lot of issues here in this church. But I've been going here quite some time, and there's a lot of faces I don't see here no more. And if they're on Facebook watching, hey, I'm glad you're watching, but come to church. Be a part. Be dedicated. Be motivated. I mean, do you miss work? I mean, you're going to miss that paycheck? I mean, and that's really where I, I measure myself, that I don't miss work. I work sun up, sun down, can to can't. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's hard to serve God that way. Sometimes it's hard to, to do the things that God would have me do because I've used up everything. But you know what? God give me strength. The Bible says he will. Don't be faint. But you can't have quit in you. You can't have quit in you. And how do you get over those things of quit? It's because you love. Philippians uh, 4.13, and you ain't got to put it up, Cody. Everybody knows it. You know, for years we've been watching it, seeing it on sports jerseys and little kids and, you know, at school. And, and, and that's great. It's all about that too. But, but what it's talking about there is that love that lives in you, Christ that lives in you. That's the only way you can do the things that God requires us to do. It's growing. It has to be growing like a wildfire in you. Always. But the great thing about being in the body of Christ and being being in the, in the congregation and being in, with our church family is that when I have a weak moment, y'all are strong. I mean, that's how that works. 
I mean, we're human. Everybody can't be on the mountain all the time. I wish I could. But then, too, some of the things that we've been through, maybe I can help somebody because of the things that I've experienced. Maybe y'all can help me with some of the things that y'all have experienced. Me and Mark was talking one time, and he's like, you know what? He said, you know, I just never really got into all that. And, and you could tell it kind of bothered him a little bit, you know, about some of the things that I did. And, and uh, I said, well, Mark, you know, I kind of look at you in, in uh, some type of uh, adoration and envy because I wish I'd have been like you. You know, I've got a lot more of the wrong experiences to live by. But you very seldom hear me talk about the wrong experiences. But I look at people like Mark. I look at people like the pastor. And I look and I think, man, I wish I'd have had that much sense. I wish I'd have been that rooted. I wish I'd have been that grounded in God's love that, that I didn't veer off that path so far. I mean, that's really, I mean, and that's what we do as people is we look and we say, man, he's got some good stories. And he's looking at you going, man, you got some awesome stories. Man, you didn't mess up. You didn't do this. You didn't go and, you know, shoot something in your veins. You didn't do all these things. So that's what it is. I mean, the body of Christ, there's many members, and that's what we're here for is to work together. Uh, Work together in glorifying who? Glorifying God. And everything we do, that is what we're called to do is glorify God. says God's uh, godly love does not change according to circumstances it is rooted and grounded grounded we've talked about there's no exceptions everyone I meet should sense a drawing to Christ through me that's right that's some that's some shouting right there right there I think therein lies part of our problem sometimes I know it's part of mine because in the midst of some of my rants and my fits, and um, you know, I, I doubt anybody sees a whole lot of Christ. It says, "Love is what draws people: goodness, kindness, meekness of heart, patience, understanding." How can someone feel drawn if their experience is uh, with you is uh, impatience, haughtiness, rudeness, hate, discontent? Patience, man, patience. Um, Perseverance. Meekness at heart, but patience. Have you noticed how patience comes up with everything? Everything in God's kingdom comes up with patience. How do we have patience? Man, you got to love. you got to love. I mean, mean, it's got to be the love of Christ living in you to get through the things. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. All things, anything, everything. That's how we love. That should be driving our every step. But sometimes it's just we're going through the motions. We're just reading a bunch of rules. We're kind of like the Pharisees sometimes. You can't follow rules if you don't believe in them. I mean, a car salesman can't sell a car that he don't believe in. Salesmen in general can't sell nothing that they don't believe in. I mean, they got to believe in it to be a super successful salesman. Christians, if you live a godly life, if you're selling a godly life, somebody's got to see it. You got to believe it. You got to walk it, talk it. I mean, that's just the way it is. It is only when denying um, these things that you can truly show God's true love. Denying them. First Corinthians thirteen four through eight. Got that, Cody? (laughs) I got it. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, 
thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Here we go, sir. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. You know, we look at this a lot of times, and, and uh, you know, and of course, husbands and wives need to look at it, obviously. Um, and I should have looked at it, you know, a long time ago. But we look at this, and, and we think uh, that it's just for that romantic relationship, because this is how we're supposed to interact with, with each other. It says, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Back up to those verses before that, Cody. Love suffers long. So how many of you can look back this year and look at the challenges that you had this year? I mean, nobody had a perfect year, I'm sure. I mean, I've had many challenges. But I want you to look at, back at, at this previous year, not to dwell on it, but to learn and to grow from it. There was a time when we looked back on something that was going wrong this year and we thought, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Maybe we didn't even turn to God when we were in the middle of it to begin with. We're not going to make it. You know, God says He knows the plans for me and they're to prosper. They're to give me all these things. He loves me. He cares for me. He hadn't forsaken me. But yet, I still have all these problems. Where's God at? Don't you feel kind of foolish now? I mean, because you made it through it. And most of the time, you make it through it pretty quick. Most of the time, most of the time, it's over before you realize you were in it. But it says, love suffers long. Is that a week? Is it a month? Is it a year? Is it two or three years? Let me tell you something. When I got saved, um, you know, the, the, the grass was greener, the light was brighter but there's some things that i had to suffer through that that my previous life had afforded me i can tell you today there's still some things that i had to suffer through for a life previous to me being saved that doesn't mean that my life is bad that doesn't mean that god is not working in my life because he is working in my life because some of those things that i've been suffering through uh going on uh shoot 11 years now They've got better. Um, and I continue to pray that they will continue to get better. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, love suffers long. Whether it's a year, ten years. I mean, what do you got to lose? I mean, God will deliver you through it. God will deliver you through it. Love will make that way. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, iniquity, sin, doing wrong, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. That's the key. Love never fails. So I want you to think about the last year. I want you to think about the things that you're going through, the things that you made it through. Um, the things that nobody knows anything about but you and God, those are the things that God wants you to share. Those are the things that we come together and we learn and we grow from. Those are the things. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. And that's how we love one another. I want to ask you, do you feel loving when you're tempted to anger? I mean, I, I mean, this is this is just an honest... Uh, question from you to you. I mean, this is what you need to ask yourself every day. In those times when you just can't seem to put one foot in front of the other, ask yourself, do you feel loving when you're when you're tempted to anger? Do you feel loving when when uh, uh, tempted impatience? Uh, do you feel loving when you're seeking your own? Do you, do you feel loving when you believe the worst? I mean, who feels loving when you believe the worst? Oh, you know, there's no use. How many times have we done that? Well, there's just no use to hit with it. I'm done. I mean, is there any love in any of that? What about uh, give up on someone? I mean, how many of us have said, I'm done? I'm done. Right here's the line. I'm done. 
Now, there again, I mean, I'm not saying that, that you agree with their sin. I'm not saying that you accept their sin. I'm not saying that you give them your life savings. I'm not saying that, that you give them uh, your vehicle. I'm not saying that you don't. But what I'm saying is you don't give up on them. You don't. You love them. Pray for them, not against them. Pray for them. Pray for yourself. Pray that God shows you how to deal with this situation. I mean, I had some great advice one time from a pastor. And he said, look, he said, pray for yourself. Pray for direction for yourself. I mean, you know, we're both grown adults. We know that, that what's going on right here in this situation, that the other person's wrong. You seem to have it figured out. But don't pray for that person's problem. Pray for God to show you how to be involved in changing that problem. Pray for God to, to, to show how to be involved in that person's life. I mean, and that's what it is. How do we change each other? It's by our interaction. It's by our expressing. It's by our loving one another. It's by not condemning them. But figuring out a way not to condone the sin. Love them. Pray with them. Be with them. Have faith that they will get through what they get through. You know, and that's a common theme that I hear every day, you know, with uh, with all the, the parents and, you know, when, with their kids and worrying about this and worrying about that. The Bible tells us the truth about it. You know, the Bible says we raise our kids up, man, they're coming back. Right? They are. It don't matter. But I'm going to tell the kids, don't be trying to manipulate that and, and change it into meaning something it's not. Because one of these days, God's going to deal with you, just like he dealt with me. And that's not going to be a good day. Now, after it's all over with, it'll be a good day. But look here, God chose me. And I finally got to a point where it was, it was God choosing me. And I said, God, look here, I, I can't do it no more. I manned this up. Worst and best day of my life. There's no words that can explain the shame. That all these years that I had it figured out. But there's no words to shame the joy that when I come out of that hole too. When that grass is greener. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than um, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And there again, folks, we're not talking about a physical life uh, necessarily. We're talking about changing your habits, changing your direction, changing your your mental state of mind, changing your interaction with that person, showing God's love. This is how you truly honor our Lord and Savior, by showing His love manifested in and through us. John 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Through Him. So what's living in us? God's love, God's light should be living through us. So where do we stand today? Where does our, where does our love stand today? And this ain't a, you know, Calling anybody out, it's not, it's something for you to do on your own. It's something for you to do in that private, in that quiet place you have at home. Or out in the barn, or driving down the road, or, or in the woods, or wherever that place is. This is something for us to examine within us. Because I'm telling you, um, and I may be wrong, but it's not my belief uh, spiritually that we're in a time of great revival. I think we're in a time of a great falling away, which therefore means that we're getting closer to the end. Now, having said all that, the only way that we can influence is through love. Love conquers all, just as love conquered everything for me. 
and Jesus' death and resurrection, that conquered everything that I would experience. But, folks, I've got to live a life that looks like Christ rose in me. I've got to live a life of victory. Even in defeat, I've got to live a life of victory. I tell my kids all the time, somebody has got to be the bigger person. And guess what? That somebody is you. God don't say you can you just do it part-time. God don't say we love the ones that are, that are easy to love. He says love our enemies. I think part of the problem, though, is we got confused inside the church sometimes of who our enemies are. Our enemies shouldn't be the folks sitting in the pews beside me. Enemies shouldn't be our kids. The enemy is the devil. Let's not confuse it. I mean, the world says the world. The world says nothing. The devil is controlling what is against God. So what we're fighting is the devil. But remember how enticing the devil was once upon a time in your life. Remember where the devil or where God pulled you from the devil. Remember that God wants to use you in those situations. He don't want you to go up and beat somebody in the head with a Bible. All that will come. God wants you to love. I can tell you, it wasn't nobody beating me in the head. It wasn't nobody trying to make me feel bad or nobody trying to, uh, to make me feel inferior or uh, somebody telling me what wrong I was doing all the time. It was love that changed my life. That love that, that, that is in me is what changed me. That love that's in me is what makes me do different than what I did before. That love that is in me is what took drinking and kept drinking. That love in me is what took drugs and kept drugs. Right? That love that's in me that has gave me a different way to deal with things besides two fists. And a whole lot of adjectives. But that's what we're teaching. That's what we're teaching. We're not here to condemn. We're not here to condone certain behavior either. If the love of Christ lives in you, then act like it lives in you. Deal with yourself. If you call yourself a Christian, then be a Christian. Stop doing the things that the world's doing. Stop living your lives doing the things that the world is doing. Take care of your own. Love your own. Love your family. Love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Quit gossiping. Quit spreading stuff. Spread love. Spread positive. How many negative things said about you has ever impacted you? None. But now sometimes people's going to say the truth. I mean, if you do it in open, then guess what? You're going to have to deal with it in open. I remember one time I come home and I'd been to the store and there's folks laughing and cutting up about how stupid I was and, uh, you know, how I got uh, arrested and my car was in the impound out behind Jack McKegg's old store. And I said, well, how'd you know? Of course, you know, Young, you ain't got a whole lot of sense. You, you know, you're, you're just quick to hone in on certain things. And I said, well, hey, you know, well, your mama told me. Boy, I go home, boy, I'm just going to give mama a piece of my mind. And I said, well, uh, I said, so why are you out telling everybody I got drunk? She said, well, why you get drunk? She said, you don't think anybody saw you while you were drunk? You don't think nobody knew about your daddy having to go down there and pick you up? Well, no, they wouldn't have known nothing about it. But, yeah, your daddy comes in. Uh, Jack McKegg's going to work one morning, and he looks out there and sees his car in the impound. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, love's tough. You have to hear the wrong things. You have to hear the uncomfortable things. God's Word is uncompromising. It is unconditional. You know, my challenge is is that you actually, that we can together as a group understand that, that our love for each other should be unconditional. 
just like guys love. But we should know it. The people around us should know it. The people that we meet should know it. There should be a light. There should be a love in us that is drawing folks to ask more questions. Now, I'm not saying you walk up to somebody and they hit the ground and, you know, that'd be great. But, I mean, it may take some time. But still, at the end of the day, I mean, they should be able to see Christ in you. They should be able to see Christ in your actions. If your actions are looking something other than that, then maybe you need to question what love you have in you. I mean, if you got love, what else do you need? I mean, you know, if you read deeper into Corinthians 13, then you understand that, that the greatest of all of it is love. At the head of everything was love. The reason that we are where we're at is love. The reason Christ did what he did was love. Unconditional. Unselfish. Was love. So, I mean, that gets you through everything in life. That takes you through all the struggles that you'll ever need to be. Always. What about bow their heads? We'll uh, go to the Lord.